0: Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. How is everyone doing today? All right. Excellent. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jared McElroy, and I am not one of the pastors here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Uh, I am <coughs> I'm actually a, a, a chef by profession uh, for a Food Network show, and so uh, that is why I, if you if you were here on Father's Day, I. Todd asked me to preach on Father's Day because he was down in Belize, and today he and Cynthia are out of town. They're like, wait, this guy wears a lot of blazers. It's because I typically smell like, like raw fish and meat and garlic and stuff, and my uniforms are very, are, are very stained, so I like to dress up when I get the opportunity. So, uh, you know, dress code hasn't changed. <laughs> still evangelical here. Don't worry about it. Um, anyways, um, I, I'm so thankful that i get the opportunity to uh lead in this communion service because i i love communion i love communion because it christ gave it to us as a sacrament for us to do as a tangible means to remember that through his death on the cross we have salvation now, before we go any further, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you so much. And God, we thank you so much for your son. And I just pray that you would speak the truth of the gospel today. And that your amazing and beautiful truth would be heard. And that people's ears would be open to hear that today, God. So as we go forward, I, just, I, I pray that you would move in this room today, God. Amen. You know, twice during the Last Supper, once when Jesus was handing out the bread and once when he was passing the cup, he instructed the disciples to do this communion in remembrance of him. And Why is that? Well, it's because Jesus, as the agent of creation and the very being that holds us together, as Paul writes, understands that we are forgetful. Now, ladies, I will, I will give you this one. I'm going to concede that if there is a gender that's shortcoming of forgetfulness is more than the other men, are dominant in that field, I will give you that one right here. It took me three trips to the grocery store the other day, and I still forgot dessert. So um, forgetfulness is 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 a thing that we deal with, but gospel forgetfulness is something that crosses both genders, age, everything. Gospel forgetfulness is something that we, have to, that we have to deal with. And this communion is one of those ways that we remember the gospel, that we keep ourselves from forgetting the beauty of the gospel. Because, you see, when we start to forget the gospel, the gospel becomes some abstract thought. It can just become a good story. And it's, it's watered down. Because we live in a world that wants us to believe something other than the gospel. It wants us to water the gospel down by adding to the gospel or taking away from the gospel. And so we need to actively participate in the remembrance of the gospel. To do that today, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. So if you have your Bibles with you or you have your app, pull it up and uh, the words will also be on the screen. And we're just going to dig right in uh, to this awesome uh, section that Paul wrote, Um, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now, honestly, I I could spend pretty much my whole time up here just on these three verses, and more specifically, I could spend the entire time on the fourth word in the first verse, dead. I could spend the whole time up here speaking about that because in just four words, four, Paul destroys the most prevalent misconception about the gospel. The gospel is not about making bad people good you're like wait a minute here it is the gospel is about god bringing dead people back to life calvin wrote that this death was a real and present death and uh (laughs) the 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 British commentator with the most amazingly British scholarly name ever, A. Skevington Wood, further explains this by saying, the most important part of man's personality, the spirit, is dead to the most important factor in life, God. You see, here's the thing. You were dead, you were dead, you were dead, you were dead. I was dead in my sins and my transgressions. And here's the thing, if you have not put your faith in the salvific work of Christ on the cross, then right now you are living in a real and present spiritual death. And stay with me cuz I promise this sermon's going to get some warm fuzzies in there in just a bit. Here's the truth about death. There's no gradation, there's no color scale of white to gray to black. Dead is dead. You can't be less dead than someone else. You can't someone else can't be more dead than you. Everybody's just dead. So, what Paul's saying is we all start in the same place. It doesn't matter what your preconception about your sin was or what that other person's sin was, that you might conceive, perceive that to be a greater sin than yours. Sin is sin, which is the, the wage of sin is death. And there is no gradation in, in death. We all start in the same place. That's what Paul's getting at here. And he's setting the groundwork for us to understand that the gospel is miraculous and huge and beautiful and wonderful because here's the truth about death. You can't do anything about it yourself. There are no bootstraps you can pull up out of death. You can't do that for yourself. It takes something miraculous to do that. So Paul's laying this groundwork in just four words. He's just destroyed the biggest misconception about the gospel. And he's laying the groundwork for us to truly understand and just live in this beauty and wonder and amazement of the miraculous nature of the gospel. Let's get to the warm fuzzies here. But God being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. I want to stop here for a second because if you have not put your faith in Christ, because here's the thing, in the Old Testament, God laid down this, the law. And when you broke the law, when you sinned and everybody sins and falls short of the glory of God, what was required was a sacrifice of a perfect lamb or perfect animal under the new covenant that came with Jesus Christ he died he was our perfect sacrifice he was the ultimate sacrifice the once and for all sins sacrifice And when we put our faith in that we have salvation and I need you to hear this and, and take this in, if you have not put your faith there and you're sitting in your seat and you're feeling like you don't understand who I am, I don't even feel like I should be here, I feel dirty, you cannot out-sin the wealth and the depths of the mercy of the cross of Jesus Christ. You cannot out-sin the cross. Hear that. Let that be just a warm blanket to your soul if you are struggling right now. Because God's rich mercies is what Paul is referring to right there. And the fact that, listen, this was written... By Paul, the apostle who described himself as the chief of sinners and a murderer, a persecutor of the church, he understands the richness of God's mercy and the depth of God's grace. Verse 5. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. See when you when you come to Christ and God has called upon your heart, He doesn't just He doesn't He doesn't just, just wash them away your sins, and, and, and that's it. He invites you in. He gives you a presence before him. You have access. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you have access to the Father. That spirit that was dead, that real and present death that Calvin talked about, you are now free of that and alive and with presence and access to God, the Father. And that is huge and wonderful and beautiful and miraculous and that is the result of the gospel. And that's amazing. Li- that's life changing. That is life altering truth. And when we forget and it starts to get watered down, it becomes just a good story. That's not a good story. That is wondrous, miraculous beauty that I am so thankful for that has changed my life. Verse 7. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace In kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In this verse, you have to understand the Christian life is one that speaks out to the coming ages. It speaks out to those around us. We live a life set apart, holy and godly. And it's noticeable and here one of the one of the things that Paul Paul gets to this. He understands that that our our natural tendency is to is is, is to want to aim it at our own, at ourselves, make this a, a self-centered salvation or something else. But he he keeps telling us to like, no, no, you are the light of the gospel in this world powered by the holy spirit and you show your life in a way that makes people say that's that's what i want verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing it is a gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast Listen. It, people have done some amazing things apart from Christ. People have have cured diseases. People have have given massive sums of money to amazing, amazing reasons, and they're and they're good people that are separated from Christ. And this is a common grace God gives all of humankind that we can be good but in front of those cr- in front of the cross those good works you can't boast in those you can only stand before the cross and put faith in the cross of Jesus Christ you can only bow down to the greatest work ever done of God On earth, living a perfect life and dying a horrific death, the one that we were supposed to die for our sins. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, this is kind of going back just a little bit we, our lives are supposed to reflect the gospel, but oftentimes we expect people to act like Christians before they're Christians. One of my favorite pastors, um, if you were in my small group, you know this, is Matt Chandler, and uh, he has this saying at his church, church is an okay place to to, to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. You know, oftentimes, one of the other misconceptions about the gospel is that you got to clean up and then come on inside. No, it's, this is how it works. You are sinful. You are dead. We all started there. Your faith in the power of the cross brings you to life through the power of the Holy Spirit, which also raised Christ from the dead. And from there, that power of the Holy Spirit empowers you to do the good works that Christ laid out ahead of time for you to do. So that when people saw your life, they saw Christ. That's the gospel. And that's what we need to remember when we take communion. We need to allow it to to really, we need to allow ourselves to really like marinate in this and just let this soak in and truly understand that the gospel is powerful. The gospel is beautiful and miraculous. It's not about bad people becoming good about the power of god making dead people alive and then empowering them to be changed let's pray father god we thank you so much for your son who died the death that we should have died Father, we fall short and we have sinned and it's only through you and the gift, grace through Jesus Christ that you have given that we can even approach you. But that great gift you give us as well. So, Father, we... We come to you right now just in awe and wonder of your great plan, the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen.